Welcome to Geezer Life, featuring Dave. And Jake. Welcome to the humorous new look at Geezer Life, featuring topics like sexuality for geezers. Drinking for geezers. Cannabis for geezers. Learning music at a geezer age. Even spirituality for geezers, and new topics each episode. Hey everyone, thanks for listening today. We really appreciate it. Please tell your technologically challenged friends about this episode so they can learn a little something and have a laugh as well. Technology has kind of been on my mind a lot lately. Jake and I have to deal with it every week to do our show here. And I also had an old computer issue lately and also a laptop issue. And I've had to deal with that. So I've been thinking a lot about it. I thought we should maybe do a little show about geezers versus technology. Now I should mention that I pretty much like technology, but that doesn't mean I'm great at it or not terrified of it at times. When I was a teenager, I always had the biggest and coolest stereo. I had a four-speaker stack wired in tandem, even a DJ mixer and two turntables and a cassette deck, and I would DJ at parties. And this is back uh, as far as 1976 or so, and I also DJed in college. And uh, But back then, you had to haul a big box of albums to a DJ gig, so I've always had an interest in tech and gadgets. How about you, Jake? Did you have much tech early on back in the 70s, 80s? Well, you know, I had a transistor radio when I was a teenager. <laughs> Wee! And, uh, it was a kind of little brown case, you know, a little vinyl case. But uh, at the time, that was pretty high-tech stuff. And if you could get FM stations, that was really advanced. Uh, I did get a stereo system with like a turntable and a receiver uh, and I think a cassette player with two floor speakers uh, when I first got out of college in 77. So no, not much in my technology basket growing up. When I first got into sales in the uh, mid to late 80s, I sold printing and copying equipment. And also I was there about 1990 or so when the very first fax machines came out. And that was kind of an interesting thing to try to sell, especially in a uh, smaller market where we were in Wisconsin here. I'd demonstrate a fax machine and people never heard of it, never saw it before. They'd be like, who am I going to fax to? <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. And so I sold technology. And later I got into selling digital document conversion machinery. And this is when the first CDs came out. And we would go to companies and collect all their paper documents and then scan them index them and return them as CDs. So I have some familiarity with technology and I like it, but only when it works. So uh, when it comes to current tech, I'm kind of a geezer and sometimes I need help from younger people. God bless them. Here's some things I've noticed about how geezers approach technology. For communication, the oldest geezers, they still like their email. They like to send their joke strings to all their friends and carbon copy everybody's name, which is actually a faux pas. You're giving out all your friends' email addresses, which you shouldn't be doing. I do get a kick of how they uh, 
send political stuff. So right-wing friends uh, <laughs> send me their right-wing stuff, yeah. and left-wing friends send me their left-wing stuff. And I think it's funny how they carbon copy all people who agree with their line of thinking. So it really isn't doing it. You're not changing anyone's mind. <laughs> You're just sending out, okay. hoping for uh, some kind of love in the form of validation. It's kind of like those commercials that are out now with the elections coming up. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't really change your mind. Not just... at this point. I've seen them a million times. I think everybody's pretty much knows what they're going to do at this point in terms of voting. Um, people at work that reply to all are always a pain. Somebody sends something out, and then they send, thank you, you're welcome, like to 50 <laughs> like, Okay. And uh, you can also tell geezers, I think we mentioned this in a previous episode, is they have the AOL or Yahoo email. I didn't address. even know that was still out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> the next generation of geezers, a little bit younger, that's kind of us, the 60-somethings. We're the we, cool geezers. Yeah, we, well, we like texting a little better, but... Not like the younger geezers. We still spell everything out in full sentences with proper punctuation. Unlike our, my children, and they truncate everything. And we also sign our names <laughs> like you don't know who's sending <laughs> it. And uh, how about your kids now? Do they make fun of how you email or text at all? Well, my younger kids do sort of. They're at the Z generation, so they're in their early 20s right now. And they hardly use email or texting at all. In fact, they send everything through uh, either Instagram or Snapchat. Um, if I try to send them a text or an email, they ra rarely respond to it because they don't even see it. Um, so, uh, but I think I'm pretty cool just knowing that Instagram and Snapchat is their, is their <laughs> choice of communication, even though both of those are beyond my capabilities. And my older kids, they're both millenniums. They're now in their late 30s and early 40s. And, uh, you know, they don't make too much fun of me uh, when I get to texting and things <laughs> like that. But I don't email them at all. I don't even know what their emails are. So they don't use email to communicate, um, you know, at that level. Uh, the other thing is that both Pam and I, uh, we text with our index finger, which is totally not cool. You're supposed to text with your thumbs, I guess. I, I got to use the index finger. <laughs> yeah, I know. My thumb's so, too big. I don't see how people can well, do that. Well, I know. And then you start <laughs> double hitting and all right. that kind of stuff. So, uh, And I also guess having a ringtone or alerts enabled on your phone isn't cool either. So I do get some gas about that every once in a while. <laughs> I don't have a ringtone because I don't know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so for our podcast here, we had to go back to school. After 40 years of being out of school, and we had to learn a couple new workflow and software processes. First, we had to learn the school's student portal system. <laughs> that was interesting. Then some class software. Then we had to learn GarageBand, which we used to edit our podcast here. Then we had to use Anchor software, which is our podcast hosting system. So how did you fare with all that stuff as we were learning it, Jake? Well, I do remember that the, the instructor talking to us about Blackboard our first day of class, <laughs> and he said, you know, everything we need to know is on the classroom Blackboard. So I'm looking around the room for the Blackboard, like in the <laughs> olden days. On the wall or, you know, even a whiteboard on the wall. But turns out it's all in the computer network, and that's where you get everything you need, your assignments, you can see your grades. Basically, it's central control. They assigned all the emails just like, just for school, so I have a hard enough time managing my own personal email, let alone another email for school. Right. Oh, yeah, and each one needs to have a password, you know. Oh, as, yeah. And, uh, and for, as far as GarageBand, the complexity of that could be a whole episode in itself. Right. Um, you got to save your work on dual backup drives, naming conventions, virtual folders, you know, to stick the assignments in. The list goes on and on. 
And just last week, the school implemented the new security called multi-factor authorization. How did that go for uh, you? You know, did you get it? I did. I figured it out after a couple times. You got to give them your phone number, and then they text you, and you got to put a code in and all that stuff. If you don't have your phone with you, you're screwed. So I tried to do it three times. I couldn't get it to work. Finally, my son-in-law came over, and he helped me with it. It still wouldn't text me. For some reason, it wouldn't text my phone. It called me, finally. And then so, they, they gave you a number over, yeah. the, over the voice. <laughs> so all these little things, you folks listening here think this <laughs> we just whipped this out in 20 minutes, right? <laughs> it Been takes us quite a while to put it together an episode. Now, starting this week, we're starting a new class at school called Social Digital Media. So we're going to learn more about Facebook and Instagram, and that's going to be pretty eye-opening. Um, you had some technical difficulties last week, didn't you, with the posting something on the Geezer Life uh, Facebook on the page? Facebook page, right? Yeah, you know, I was so proud that I was able to establish a Facebook account for the Geezer Life. I was podcast. proud of you too. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to do it. <laughs> but once you get it set up, that's only scratching the surface. Oh, yeah. You know, you actually have a whole new communication system, vocabulary you have to learn. Talk about friends, likes, hearts, posts, stories, filters, sharing. You know, I'd done s several posts on the on the Facebook to promote the Geezer Life, and then one day it told me I wasn't authorized for it. I said, "What the hell?" <laughs> and so he pushed a few more buttons, and voila! All of a sudden, the post went through, and no idea how that happened though. <laughs> so, so I decided one day I want to put a little something on the Geezer Life page. You know, we're gonna try to put some fun places to go and things to do and stuff like that. So I'm in a brand new bar we never went to before with my wife, and they had $3.50 margaritas. Well, this is perfect geezer stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Because we're, we're watching our budget, yet we still have to get a buzz. So <laughs> I find a place. It's called Escapades, and uh, we decided to do a post live from the bar right there. So I took a nice picture of the nice mirror behind the bar. I took a picture of the margaritas posted it to the Geezer Life page, and my wife and I were very happy, so happy we high-fived. <laughs> so then we thought, ooh, now let's check our work. So we go on the Geezer Life <laughs> Facebook page to look at what we just posted up there, and we tagged escapades. And when we looked at it, <laughs> the escapades we tagged was a porn site. Oh, my God. So let me just say there was a very well-groomed young lady's <laughs> photo on there for about 30 seconds. We're in this bar, and we start yelling, ah, help, help. But young people came over. We're like, how do we delete a Facebook <laughs> post? So I apologize if you were just happened to be checking during that 30-second window there when that was up because uh, it was fairly inappropriate, I would say, for our page. So, um but now being on Facebook, and I, I finally, after all these years, have my own personal Facebook page. I had to do that in order to help manage our Geezer Life Facebook page. I don't put much on mine, but I'm amazed at how much some people post, post virtually every detail of their life on Facebook. Oh, it's, like, it, it's endless. Woke up this morning and the leaves were pretty. Yeah. A minute later, here's my morning coffee. <laughs> Just took a shower. It was really great. I'm like, are you, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm probably not going to post that much stuff. Right. There. Now, I did put my daughter came to town and made me a really nice uh, bunt cake for my birthday. So I posted a picture of that on there. And that got like a billion likes. So apparently <laughs> photos of drinks and cakes. Oh, yeah, that does. Like, I noticed that. Those are the main things that people want to see yep. on Facebook. So now we're going to list... Uh, 
kind of some things we like and dislike about technology. So first I'm going to start with a dislike, and that is criminal behavior on technology. So things like viruses, phishing emails, identity theft. So we've had all this stuff in the last year. I recently got a letter, a snail mail letter in the mail saying my old employer had been hacked and all of our social security number and everything is, has been found out. So I, I'm, I'm all for the death penalty for <laughs> computer criminals. I mean, it creates such a pain in the ass, especially for geezers like us to try to fix that stuff, figure out who to call, you need help and everything. I think that stuff's got to be punished more severely. Well, you know, and they target older people too. So if you're a geezer, watch out because they think that you're not technically savvy, which you probably aren't. And so they go after you on that. You know, it's unfortunate that bad people use good things to promote promote their badness. I guess that's been going on forever. But uh, then to stop the bad guys and girls from the technical, from a tech security company, uh, puts re- user requests like in passwords, you know, na- password usernames. Uh, you have to have certain, you know, alpha numbers, numeric numbers, symbols. Then they make a change it every 90 days. Then you have 20 zillion different accounts that you need unique username and passwords for. Now multi-factor authorization. And my head's about to explode. <laughs> I agree. Just shoot the bastards for violating this technology security. Bingo. All right. Well, that's something I hate, but something I really love because I'm a music guy. So I love having the availability of virtually every song known to man available at just your fingertips on iTunes or Spotify. So I'm a huge music collector, and I utilize iTunes virtually every day, both at home, in a car. Even in my boat, we're listening to iTunes. You know, I like the music access, too. Uh, And it's also for guitar playing. You can get guitar chords. The, the words for millions of songs with just a click of the button. We do that all the time. Right? I know. It's great. Um, I also like the Maps app. It basically can direct you wherever you want to go. Uh, you know, when I become an old codger, then I expect cars to be able to take me wherever I want to go without even driving them. <laughs> right. So another dislike I have, and uh, if the right person is listening, maybe they could make a uh, billion dollars out of this idea but i the fact that geezers are on their own trying to figure out how to do stuff that is supposedly intuitive so i know it's intuitive to the young people but people our age that didn't grow up with computers computers did not exist when we were in high school computers did not exist when we were in college finally in 1998 i got my first computer at work but by then you know i was getting on 40 years old or something so um, we're afraid to just click on stuff right? because we're going to make it worse than it already is. Or or worse yet, make it disappear. I'll send poop. It's <laughs> just gone. Now what? The That's happened a few times. So I feel there's there should be a store where we could go to for help with this kind of stuff. So where you could just come in and pay for like 15-minute increments to help with our phones, our computers, Apple Watches, all that stuff. I, I don't use 5% of my phone's functionality I don't know how to. You know, that's a great idea because there are places that can fix your hardware, but yeah. there's no one out there really to give you guidance on the software part of it or on the, you know, using, using part of it. You know, there's a little uh, place in town here called I, You Break, I Fix or right. something like that. You can go in there and they'll fix the broken screen on your phone and stuff like that. But you can't ask them any questions about how anything works. And, I, as you know, there's the Geek Squad at Best Buy, but... <laughs> In order to make an appointment with the Geek Squad. Have you ever done this? No, I haven't. Well, I've done it two times. 
for help with my computer at home. At first, you have to call or go online to this thing that's so confusing. If you knew how to do that, you wouldn't need the Geek Squad to come and help you. <laughs> so I'm talking about just like little stores in each town where you pull in and you go, hey, here's my phone. Here's what happened. Can you help me with this? Or just you feel like, you know, I want to learn how to do Facebook or whatever. And, right. And go in there and they can, maybe it takes half hour, so you pay for two 15-minute increments or right. whatever. But there should be a place to go and help. Yeah. I agree. Um, there's the Apple Store. Have you yeah. ever been in there? No. Nope. So they're in the bigger cities. So there's one in Milwaukee, one in Madison here in Wisconsin. And I've been there, but you have to make an appointment. And then it's just all really young people. So yeah. you go in there and instantly they're rolling their eyes at you, <laughs> sighing. Uh, before you can completely explain the thing, because they don't have the great listing skills, they're sort of walking away with your computer or your phone or whatever, and you didn't even get to finish telling them right. what's wrong. Yep. So that's not a solution. Um, I want to go somewhere where a geezer helps a geezer. That's a great idea. So, you know, what I dislike about it is, is like I don't like drinking from a fire hose. Right. And that's what new technology feels like sometimes. There's so much of it. It's so fast. It's too fast to change. Here today, obsolete tomorrow. And for a geezer like me, it, become an, it becomes overwhelming. Yet here we are on cutting edge doing podcasting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now you mentioned here's something I love. Um, you mentioned the mapping thing, and uh, I love GPS in in general. Yeah. So prior to that, uh, my family and I we never really traveled by the outside of Wisconsin. We didn't know where the hell to go. We were afraid that we'd go down a wrong street and be in a ghetto and be killed or something <laughs> like that. So we finally got. A Garmin GPS in our car, one of these things where you stick it on the window and there's sure. wires running everywhere. And I couldn't believe it. We scheduled a vacation down in uh, Nashville in Memphis, plugged in the address to the hotel in Nashville, and instantly it just comes up and guides you through the whole thing, tells you what time you're going to be there and everything. Literally was life-changing for us. Now oh, yeah. we travel all over the place all the time yep. just because getting there is pretty easy. It really helped me. When I was in sales. So prior to that, I used to carry maps of every city I had to make calls in. So sometimes you'd be looking at a map, you have to throw that one down, grab another map because you're in a new city. I mean, you could. it was so hard to make it to places yeah. on time. So I love the GPS. Um, my wife, though, doesn't really buy into it. <laughs> she doesn't. No, she never believes it's right. Oh. So I always tell her... You know, even though these companies have spent billions of dollars on satellites and software to pinpoint these locations, she still thinks it's over that way. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so she likes to drive. So we always use the GPS, but she's second-guessing it the whole way. There. Yeah. And she would fight with the GPS. <laughs> so I changed the voice. You know, you could do that under GPS. No, you could change. No. Oh, yeah. So you could have, like, an English accent. Yeah, yeah. Or, so I... I changed it to an English accent, and she decided that that one was even dumber than the first oh, one, or I, even yeah. worse at directions. <laughs> so, um, now, it does lead you astray every once in a while. One time in Memphis, it brought us down a trolley track, yeah. thinking that that was a road, so that was pretty interesting. But it's really improved a lot. Yeah. I mean, you have to use a little common sense with it. Um, I did have some Garmin software on my iMac recently, and I could not get rid of the software, and it pops. Every time you start the computer, a thing pops open 
you right. know, saying I have to update the right. garment, even though I've given the garment away. I've got the same thing. And uh, so my son-in-law had to come over and help me remove that. And that kind of thing should be easier to do. It shouldn't, shouldn't be such a nightmare to remove. Right. Like, yeah, I think so. Uh, another thing that, that, that I like about it is what it's done to certain industries. And, you know, my background's in printing and manufacturing and did that for 40-some-odd years. Um, and the development over the years from plate printing to inkjet printing has really turned that whole industry upside down and sideways. Um, now, a lot is converted from print to paper, you know, to digital, so you don't have as much, you know, print on paper anymore. But, but where it does still apply, the inkjet technology has just changed that whole industry around making it more efficient, more flexible, and, and more personalized. Now, I'll mention something, uh, the industry I was in, I was in a couple different industries, but the last one I was in was um, over-the-road trucking. And I would tell you that GPS uh, has negatively impacted the trucking oh, industry really? because everybody quit once it became uh, mandatory. So the, for the years, the U.S. government, uh, due to safety issues, wanted there to be GPS mandatory in trucks so you could monitor how many hours drivers were driving. And they fought it, and it's went on for like six years. And finally, in December of 2017, it became mandatory, and every truck had to have a GPS unit in it. And you get shut down now if you drive even five minutes over your daily allotment. Oh, really? Well, the problem is all the old guys left the industry. I mean, literally overnight. First of all, they didn't even want to learn how to do that and screw with it. Mm -hmm. But second of all, it was like Big Brother watching over you. You know, Oh, yeah. If, if you listen to trucking songs from back in the 60s and 70s, yeah. they all talk about uh, having a girlfriend in every town yeah. and all this. So trucking was kind of like being a cowboy. It was kind of fun. <laughs> you know, you, Nobody knew what you were doing. You were going away from home and yeah. Yahoo. Now it became, you know, how come this took you three hours and five minutes instead of just three hours? to get yeah. there so guys got out of it in droves and it's contributed to a real lack of truckers oh. that is still impacting the industry yeah. still driving up costs and it's one of the reasons inflation has gotten out of control is that trucking costs are higher than ever because nobody wants to do this nobody wants to do anything where they're questioned like why did this take right longer than you expected yep. so Although it's nice for drivers to be able to know where to go. They used to be calling in constantly going, what street do I turn on here in Nashville? It's nice for them to be able to do that, but they don't want to be monitored. Right. That okay. Yeah, it makes that. sense, I guess. You mentioned passwords, and i got to be honest with you, that is my kryptonite in oh, life. Yeah. I freaking hate passwords. I hate the fact that they even exist. To me, it goes back to if we just killed all the cyber criminals. No one would have to have a password. Yeah, you just it, turn it on and go. Well, it's like in the 70s, you didn't have to lock the door to your house even. And mm -hmm. so this is like locking the door. Now, I know they're needed because of the cyber criminals, but like at our house, we have to keep a binder, a printed binder of all of our passwords. Yeah, right. So that's ridiculous. And then you got to change them every once in a while. Um I just changed our main computer password because we had some hacking issues that I mentioned. So now I have to keep a little post-it note on yep. my computer that says what the password is. And I, I remember a few, I don't know, a year back or something, seeing some kind of interview with Donald Trump, and they were shooting it from behind his computer, interviewing him. And there you can see his password was Wait, the same right on the back. Just a little I'm like, good God, God. it's great to know that even the super rich have to deal with the crap of passwords like we do. 
Huh. Yeah. You know, another dislike that, that I don't like is what's happening, what it, what it does to young people, you know, elementary, junior high, even high school. You know, like the kids that target and exploit other kids in their peer group through social media. You know, gossip and stuff, that's been around for a long time, but social media just accelerates it so much that, uh, you know, it can really destroy uh, young kids uh, with their self-confidence sure. and morale and, and the ability to fit in. So, again, it's kind of, you know, bad people using a good thing for their promoting their bad stuff. Well, just since I've been on Facebook, I've had a few people say to me, hey, you didn't like my review of the concert or whatever. I'm like, I don't know how to always like. I forget to do it. I don't yeah. know what I'm supposed to do. There's all these unwritten rules. And so I apologize to all my new Facebook friends. I'm not <laughs> doing it right yet. I'm, I'm trying to learn. Hell, I'm taking a class starting this week. Yeah, there you go. Now, one thing I do love and use, utilize every day is YouTube. So for me, it's an endless rabbit hole of really cool music that's not available elsewhere, even iTunes or Spotify. And you can dial up any old, like, 45 where there was 150 copies printed from some band in Knoxville, Tennessee, and somebody has posted that on there. Right. And uh, I love to hear all that really obscure, unknown stuff. And plus there's a lot of live footage of current bands and stuff like that. And it also functions as a great way to learn how to do things in a pinch. So if you don't know how to do something, fix your faucet or whatever, it's probably on there. It once helped me fix my boat motor when I was stuck on a lake way up north uh, late on a Sunday. And no one to help me, stuck in the middle of a lake. And I was able to YouTube that thing and figure out how to do it and get back home. Right. You know, I, I like YouTube for that, too. And I, I use it quite a bit for doing things like I did. You know, true story, fixed leaky faucet with it. Um, it helps you to play music. You can learn songs on your guitar with, yeah. you know, guys that are out there putting it out there for free. You know, change the filter in your water system, you know, fix the lawnmower, stuff like that. But the other thing it does, once you you think, oh, I can do this, and you look at it and it gets really complicated, <laughs> it's like, shit, I'm going to have a professional do it. So it doesn't only help you do what you can do, but it shows you what you shouldn't be doing. Oh, right on the highway by our house, there's a flashing sign at an electric company that says, we help you Fix the scrubs you thought you learned on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Now, I kind of hate some of the obsolescence of technology. So for me, recently, iTunes has changed from a website to an app. And in my opinion, we've lost a lot of great features that I used all the time. And now uh, we also have, we have these Apple HomePods in different areas of right, our house yep. where you could just say, hey, Siri, play such, such a song. And we love that. And now they quit making those. So basically, I have a disaster waiting to happen in my house. As soon as something goes wrong with those or they stop the app from working with HomePods, now I have several, I think things were 350 bucks a piece. Wow. Essentially, they're a little stereo yeah. that I'm just going to end up in a landfill or something because oh. they're not going to support them any longer. So uh, this week... I had an old laptop that wasn't working, and I couldn't figure out how to wipe it. So I had my son-in-law come over to wipe it, and he worked on it for hours. And come to find out, it actually required a media removal disk to be inserted, which, of course, we don't have a media removal right. disk for Windows 8. So we did the old-school thing and smashed it up with a hammer. <laughs> and uh, you're going to see a photo of that here at, for this. Oh, okay, episode, yeah. So. Oh, there we go. That's a one way to take care of that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I have a hard time letting go of paper documents. Me too. You know, like 
concert tickets. You know, I don't feel comfortable going to a concert with that the little barcode. Oh, on I my hate phone. that. We just bought tickets to see John Mellencamp yeah. next May in Nashville. Yeah. And I'm like, you're kidding me. You mean I got to remember between now and May when I did this and where the email is going to be? I don't yeah. I hate it. No, and, and like I went to the Packer game this weekend. Unfortunately, they had a horrible game. But uh, you, you don't have paper tickets to get in there. You have to have your phone. I can't imagine old geezer doesn't have a phone that's had, but had tickets for 40 years, 50 years. They don't know how to get in the game. So <laughs> We signed right. up for this class starting this weekend. Of course, we both got our printouts, baby. Yeah, we're not going right. to walk into that class. Got my receipt, out. nowhere to go on Thursday, and we're all set <laughs> with that. So, uh, And like if I do a big purchase item or something that has a, a, a user manual or something, I want a receipt for that. I want oh, the yeah. user manual and paper. Uh, but, you know, a little bit starting to change. you got to kind of adapt to the times, but I still like things in my hand. You know, one thing I like, so I'm going to give a shout out here to a couple people, is people who are nice enough to help me out with some of this kind of stuff. So when we signed up for our podcasting class, we're, we were blessed at school to have a cool podcasting instructor named Chris. So thank you, Chris. I know you listen sometimes. And he was very patient with us. And then we got a teacher's aide named Jeff. Who, he still bails us out from yep. time to time when we screw things up. So I do like people who don't mind helping us. Yeah, I did owe that. The, the nice people that have been around uh, for, you know, nice people have been around for a long time, and technology brings out their best. Just like bad people promote their badness with it, good people use it for goodness. You know, one thing I dislike is this thing we have in our pocket. It's still called a phone, but you're not really allowed to call anyone on it anymore. So people resent it, even your own family members. Like, they, uh, people answer the phone now. What? Yeah, you know? well, they know who it is. Yeah, I know, but... Well, Geez, excuse me, you know. You're supposed to text instead. And as far as contacting a company that you need some information from or help with, you get the overseas call center. That was bad enough, though. Now they don't even want to provide that. You have to chat through the computer. But I'm old. I want to talk to somebody, and I want them to uh, have an accent that I understand, damn it. Now, my kids probably think that's racist, but I don't give a shit what race you are. I just need some help here, people. Yeah, just explain it to me clearly. So, uh, you know, we lived in the, we live in the country. We moved out there about a year ago, and our Internet service sucks. You know, we, we get like a maximum of 10 gigabytes per second or whatever that is, where most city folks get 100 mm-hmm. or 200. So it's super slow. Uh, you know, we can still stream a movie if we're lucky. Um, and YouTube, but sometimes it dips below that and it cuts you off and it just gets so frustrating with not having the right speed or enough speed, you know, connected to your home network. That would drive me nuts because I use YouTube so often. And Sally's constantly streaming Netflix and stuff like that. You get the spiral of death. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So one thing I guess I like is spell check. But honestly, I used to be a terrific speller, like never had an issue with it. And now I think I've gotten worse with it, much like GPS, my sense of direction. Like you don't need that anymore, right? (laughs) So I don't have to use that part of my brain anymore. So it's nice to have spell check, but I think it's actually in some ways harming the human brain to not have to know some of this stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I do like spell check because I'm a terrible speller. (laughs) In elementary school, I never really got spelling. Um, I took some other classes instead, or they put me in other classes. So I really need all the help I can get, especially when I'm typing out stuff for a podcast script. 
The one thing I don't like is the pressure on me to go green and go paperless, right? I, I, so I just got a thing. I have a thing called HP Ink where I pay a monthly fee for ink so I don't have to go buy cartridges. Do you have that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's nice to be able to budget that way. But I just got a thing that I'm over my allotment, and it's oh. because I'm printing these podcasts. Yeah, I know. Thanks. And also songs. We print out a lot of chord charts right. and stuff. So I still print a couple hundred pages a month, including all my financial statements, which I keep in a huge three-ring binder. I've got rows of these binders. <laughs> I want printed proof of what's going on. And I, Yeah, I do too. I want to be able to go to my financial guy and you know turn back to January 2018 and go, here's how much I had then, what, what's going on now. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, what? the other thing I dislike is when I get stuck when I'm, like, trying to manage through an app on my phone that I'm not familiar with or even, like, Facebook, Instagram. Even Medicare stuff is all digital now. So, you know, to make matters worse, the screen is so small on your phone. Right. You can hardly see it. And then when you try to push a button, you push the wrong button, you know, because you're selecting the wrong thing because my fingers must be too fat to do it. So it just gets you so frustrated. Well, one thing I noticed on Facebook, now that I'm on there, I'm just scrolling, right? Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, you, t as you're touch scrolling, you touch something. A little too hard. Yeah, and up pops the ad, and maybe it's for, like, wrestling. I did one of something was, like, all-star wrestling or whatever. Yeah. Now all this, I have all these wrestling <laughs> feeds are popping up. I have no interest in wrestling. I'm Join just the trying, wrestling to, face I was trying to scroll past I know. this. You know, so, uh, but good thing that Pam's pretty pretty knowledgeable in that. So she helps me out when I get stuck on those apps or uh, bails me out when I get through the wrong place on my phone. So one final like I want to mention here, and I think a lot of our listeners might get a kick out of this. So I kind of like Siri and Alexa. We have both, okay? So we yeah. have Siri for the HomePod music thing, and Sally has Alexa. Um, even though I know these are controlled by the deep state and they will someday arrest me for things I say in my own <laughs> But I get along good with Siri, and I appreciate all the music she plays effortlessly for me. I even thank her quite often. <laughs> now, my wife calls her a bitch, though, and they actually argue. So I don't know if you've tried this with Siri, no, but I... if you're sassy to her, she'll like be Oh, really? She'll say things back that you won't like. <laughs> so um, she, my wife likes Alexa much better because she notifies her that the Amazon is, truck is here for the fourth time today. No, <laughs> and I do like Alexa better for one thing, though. So try this out at home. If you ask her to fart, she will, okay? Oh. And then she'll ask you if you want more farts and do like others and give them names. Like there's cheek wobbler oh. fart is a fart. She'll say the Mexican food fart, <laughs> the bean fart. She's got them all. And I find that hilarious. Oh, that's great. And then yeah. after you do a few, she will ask you if you want to buy the Extreme Fart Expansion Pack for $1.60. So we were doing this, and my daughter was over. So right away, she's like, "Yes, we'll take." Yeah. So buck sixty went on my wife's credit card, and I'm not kidding. So it's super fun. Now you have access to literally hundreds of types of farts, <laughs> and uh, you can even ask for specific ones. Like I, it was Tuesday last week. I asked for the Taco Tuesday fart. She yeah. had one of those. <laughs> so uh, if if you like farts the way I do. If you have kids over, she can fart for hours. So if you, if you don't mind keeping your kids busy with some fart noises, they'll have fun with that. And uh, I'm thinking maybe 
That's why Sally likes Alexas. They have that in common. They could just fart for hours. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. You know, for me, and now that I've learned about the extreme fart package, you know, uh, and there's, I think there's more overall good coming out of technology than there are bad things that come out of technology. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes in the future, but for one thing, it'll certainly go. Yeah, I guess overall, the daily battle of geezers versus technology rages on. We'll have some new battles this Thursday when we have to start a new class. That's yeah, right. Oh, good Lord. Please hang with us here, viewers. More material Listeners, for us, while we go through this. And it is better than looking stuff up. Remember, in the encyclopedia, you have oh. to look, look stuff up. Do you remember uh, you had to make a long-distance call, so you called an operator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't just call somebody long distance yourself. You had to call a lady who would then connect you. Connect you, yeah. That was a pain in the ass. Or going to the library and using the card catalog, you had to know how to use the Dewey Decimal. The Dewey Decimal, right. So I guess I better get going here. Uh, my Apple Watch is telling me it's time to stand and get moving. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see you guys next week, unless the recycling police bust me for throwing that smashed up laptop in the lab. Well, I hope not. See you then. Geezer Life is written, directed, produced, and edited by Dave and Jake. We do it all ourselves, except when we have to reach out to younger people to help us remember what buttons to push. If you enjoy our podcast, please like and subscribe, and even leave us a review. Let us know what topics you would like to see us address here on Geezer Life. We could really use the support so we don't have to live out our final years camping under a bridge, which is a really hard place to do a podcast from. Yeah, help us get better. Because we're working hard at it when we could be napping instead. We now have several ways to contact us. Email at thegeezerlife at gmail.com, Facebook at thegeezerlife, and Instagram, thegeezerlifepodcast. Until then, see you next time, unless we keel over in the meantime. So eliminate the worry. Eliminate the strife. It's time to have your fun. It's the geezer life.